Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story blew my mind. The fact that the Delta Airlines CEO is being widely criticized from left and right for not being more involved in the drafting of the voter registration law that was recently signed by Governor Brian Kemp in Georgia. I mean, I am uh, the fact that the back and forth in the mainstream media. Here's here's an example. Here's a, a quote by Brian Kemp saying so today. Uh, the Delta CEO, Ed Bastian, he came out and said, this law is unacceptable, voting law. No details. I had no idea this law was going to be interpreted this way because over the weekend, and we put it in the DMB feed, Garland and I were talking about it, and Garland was like, there's a lot of fluffy stuff. It's some good stuff, but you can't really audit these sketchy machines. So it's just, it's it doesn't even address the real issues of why there were problems with the election in November. So, so Bastian comes out and says it's unacceptable and it's all based on this false premise that there were problems with the November election. So like that's all bass backwards for the starts. But what, what Kemp says is this is Kemp's statement. Today's statement by Delta CEO Ed Bastian stands in stark contrasts to our conversations with the company. Ignores the contents of the new law and unfortunately continues to spread some of the false attacks being repeated by partisan ac- activists. His conversations with the company, they are having conversations with Delta about voting legislation. I mean, yep. this is that fascism through the back door. I have Absolutely. more to rant, but I'm going to breathe and then you can say what you have to say. And he's also been having conversations and working behind the scenes with Black Lives Matter and liberal activists to try and shape this bill. And this comes after yesterday, the story about the pressure being put on Delta to make a stand when they, they cannot be non-political. And you're right. This is the great reset in action because the 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 moral leaders are the corporatists. The, these are the people who need to stand up and set the example. Yes. And, and the idea that they're getting minorities to think that these people are representing them better than they could represent themselves is kind of crazy. So it says, uh, while Delta, this is another uh, quote, while Delta was refraining from strong public statements criticizing the bill, the company was working behind the scenes with legislators to try and remove some of the most egregious measures from the bill and we had some success so he's bragging about the fact that he's manipulating legislation with representative which what's supposed to be our representative government it's supposed to be our representative government and it, it the excuse is delta has about thirty thousand employees based in georgia most of whom live in atlanta most of whom voted democrat this is straight out of the crisis of democracy that was a trilateral commission's vignor brzezinski uh composium or whatever but aggregate of like 10 different essays in a book that came out in the early 70s and it talked about how the anti-vietnam war access and stuff were disrupted bigger picture plans and that democracy was it was a problem not that democracy was in crisis but democracy itself was the crisis and the answer is 
to co-opt each and every person into an institution where they do not have democratic representation, but they're dependent on it, they're beholden on it, and they will support it. And that was totally echoed in one of the clips you brought from Brookings, I think it was, where the guy said, we've done studies and who are the most trusted people? Employers, faith leaders, stuff like that. And this is straight out of that. This guy should not be working behind the scenes and bragging about how he has manipulated legislation. He's an airline guy. He's not a voter integrity activist like Garland is. Why is why Garland sat down with these people and they ignored everything he had to say? Not th- this. Well, this time around, too. But before that, this sounds exactly like what the CEO of Salesforce, who was at Davos, Ugh. I believe the Delta guy was at Davos also. And during his talk at Davos, he was praising Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset, Schwab as the master. And he was talking about how him and other CEOs around the country meet and talk weekly about shaping policy outside of the awareness of the public. And he was boasting about it just like this guy is. And the way in Event 201, they talked about how if they could not get every single elected leader of a country on board, that they would get the rich guys who were inside the country to exercise, and I quote, soft power. And we've seen that happen in a couple of different countries. It's been reported, some of those African countries, Belarus. I mean, this that's straight out of the confessions of an economic hitman. Well, Tyler Perry was exercising some soft power. Tyler Perry, the film producer, billionaire in Atlanta, he wants the Department of Justice to take action into investigating what he's calling this unconstitutional Georgia election law. He want, he so he he says that he's putting his he's resting his hope on the DOJ taking a hard look at this unconstitutional voter suppression law that harkens back to the Jim Crow era. And along with that, the other soft power being exercised is we're seeing the hashtag no more filming in Georgia trend with people like Mark Hamill and other directors saying we're going to boycott Georgia, which I don't believe at all. They play this game all the time. They're not going to go away from those tax breaks. But there was a voice of reason that very rationally disagreed with these calls to boycott the film industry in Georgia. And that is Bernice King, the daughter of Martin Luther King, who she tweeted out, please stop the hashtag boycott Georgia talk that would hurt middle class workers and people grappling with poverty. And it would increase the harm of both racism and classism. So a very rational take on it from Martin Luther King's daughter. Wow. Well, I mean, here's the bottom line is that the this law isn't good because it just does the stuff around the edges. You really can. It actually does not address the real problem of overall election integrity. So until these guys actually start identifying the specifics that they don't like about the law and we have a robust conversation about what really should have been done, then it's then it is obviously all just politicking. Yeah. One more thing on that. We've been talking about rationalizing the narratives and the underlying narratives that motivate different groups in society. And what we're seeing here is we're seeing the normalization of this narrative that having to show an ID is in some way racist to vote requiring identification. Oh, my gosh. That's so backwards to suggest that that's racist, but they're normalizing that belief. And, And how about the Vax ID? That's much harder to get than a regular ID. Yeah. I mean, that's racist. Totally. That or whatever it is. Like it is it is absolutely puts up a much greater barrier. Right. Then, I mean, they'll send you an ID. You can get an ID for nothing. You don't have to get a a medical 
treatment to get a regular ID. You don't have to be able to drive. Nothing. Yeah, they, they want you to. They want you to have a Vax card to enter into the the acceptable entrance oh at the Miami Heat Stadium. But you're but you you don't have to have any ID at all to vote by mail. Just anybody can send in. It's a I lot of logic in that. I wouldn't be surprised if you needed a Vax tat to get into the voting place. There you, you go. know, I mean, the real ID, that's what they want. That's what this, I bet they're yeah, going to put. Yeah, you don't need a real ID, but you just need that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I think they're going to probably put your vaccine information into the chips that are in the new driver's licenses. That could, yeah, that, that you might I nail mean, it right there. All of it. It's just, it, it's ridiculous. And this idea that, yes, that like no law that cannot be enforced can really be a law. So if you don't want voter ID, that's fine. Then you should have the the requirement for voting should be showing up. That's all. You should just be showing up because that's what it actually is. So why don't we just say that? And at least when you show up, they should be able to put an X with Sharpie on your hand like they would in a bar so that you can't go to the next polling place and vote again like you can in California. Well, you should be able to wear a bag over your head so your face can't be treated as an identification. (laughs) As long as you don't get to vote again in the next place, that's okay too. Yeah. Where's your Where's your head bag? And I think that gets to the the underlying purpose of this, or at least what it leaves it vulnerable to, is that is the point is you can vote multiple times and you can manipulate it if you don't have to use those IDs. Right, and I don't understand why that is limited to Republicans. Everybody cheats. So okay, there was a fit yesterday. We talked about the guy in New York with the video outside the lobby of whatever it was, where supposedly what the video showed was a woman. And I didn't mention this yesterday, but the more I look at it, the more like maybe I mentioned it briefly. But there's a woman you cannot tell how old she is. You can't tell what race she is. Nothing. But as she walks in front of the building, she does stop. Before the end of the window so that you can see the event. And as a consequence, you can see the event unfold from the cameras inside. She stops and then the guy punches her and kicks her and stuff. Okay, but that guy, Brandon Elliott, he's, I think, 38 years old. He he had killed his own mother, stabbed her in the heart and spent time in jail for that when he was like 20 and he's out. So this is a guy with with mental illness, by all reports, who killed his own mother. And and the that actual story was in CBS News. And right after this very brief, like no explanation about that, it said this is all part of our series on anti, you know, anti-Asian hate or whatever. I'm like, yeah. this guy killed his own effing mother and has psych problems. Like if you're ever going if that's your problem. With, you know, that that does not demonstrate that is not a clear case of anti-Asian hate. Look, he might have killed his mom, but that doesn't mean he hated her. (laughs) Well, then he no wonder he got out of jail because it's not as bad. Nobody minds getting killed if they're not hated. That's true, right? Don't you get basically longer, a longer sentence? Yeah, yeah. A lesser crime if you can add the hate crime tag to it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about adding anything to anything like it should be one. What you do gets punished. You know, if you kill somebody, you beat somebody up. Yeah. Go to jail for 15 years. He only went to jail for 15 years for killing his mother. Like, how does that even make sense? And if you're crazy, it's like, all right. The I would say the most compelling reason for incarceration at all is that you have proven that you are a danger to society. 
which he clearly proved. You know, yeah, Ross Ulbricht, not a danger a to society. Though, if you're a danger to society, but you don't hate anybody. You just kill them and beat them. Uh, then you're nicer than people that I you can project hate crimes onto. So, uh, speaking of hate crimes, the Mac Daddy of all hate crimes is, what was it, the third, fourth day of the Chauvin trial? Yeah, the Chauvin trial is continuing to go on right now. They were, they had on the stand, they had the clerk at the store who called the cops because of the counterfeit money. And he was actually interviewed last night. And last night he was talking about how he wants what's called George Floyd Square. He wants it gone because there's violence and murder. They're like, it's they're segregating it. They're not letting white people in there. I don't know why you'd want to go in there, but it's kind of disrupting the community. And he was saying that he feels for the, the calls, but that at some point you got to stop making other people suffer like they're doing with this George Floyd square. And I haven't seen his testimony, but I have seen the spin on it and they're trying to spin it to where they're all the media is trying to spin it to where it's clearly showing that Chauvin is going to get convicted and was in the wrong, but Chelsea uh-huh. Handler tweeted yeah, that's out dangerous that they're telling setting expectations. Right. Yeah. And so Chelsea Handler, the comedian who talks about her private parts and most of her punchlines. Oh my lines, gosh. Oh Yeah got into a Twitter interaction where she said, so pathetic that there's a trial to prove that Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd when there is video of him doing so. And then one of her followers said, well, we need the trial uh, or our justice system would be even more chaotic than it already is. And then she responded by saying, perhaps we skip trials when there is audio and video footage of the murder. This fits right into narrative warfare because it's about not the objective truth or the facts you can pull from something. It's about the interpretation that somebody's predetermined narrative filters, how they filter that through to get that interpretation. And for to say something like that on the precipice of a world full of deep fakes that are indecipherable yeah. to the human eye is is a dangerous and stupid suggestion. And it also reminds me of something that happened with Parkland on February 14th, 2018, the, year the, the day the Internet died, that what they said after that Nicholas Cruz was incarcerated and saw like a coin, a point, court-appointed lawyer, there were articles about how should... Do you think the taxpayer should pay for the defense of someone so obviously guilty? Yeah. I mean, it'll blow your damn mind because if you don't get that defense, the reason you get that defense, the reason the taxpayer pays for it is because the government is going to uh, is putting you in a position where you have to defend yourself and the power they have to do that. And then if you presume they're guilty or don't give them that right to defense, you are creating a situation that highly motivates the government, which has already proven through plea bargains and consecutive sentences and all that as Manipulating the crap out of these laws to get you to bend a knee, take a knee, even if you're not even guilty. How many people have been wrongly put in jail only 25 years later that to be proven and for them to get out? So the same a lot of the same people and anybody really should advocate to get people out of jail who are wrongly in jail. Yet on the other side of that, we're saying condemn people, throw them in jail without a trial because we've interpreted a video in a certain way. And it's coming from the left. Yep.
See, all this stuff, it's that contrary law of democracy. Like you have it's like asking the corporations to rescue black people from voter laws. You know, it's like, do you really think that the, the Dutch West Indie Company, you know, like the first corporation and every corporation since then is really like that guy is going to sleep and like, like I've dedicated my entire life to equality. It's like. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Delta C. I'm not buying that. Not believable. So another thing that's not believable is the Suez Canal story, that ship that went sideways in the Suez Canal after Al Sisi redid the whole damn thing. And uh and Joe, our patron saint, has put a little um comment in yesterday's show saying these these ships they're so they're so stacked up whatever they are vulnerable to big winds so the question maybe isn't so much like what did the captain do wrong although i think the entire crew has been held detained so we'll see what comes out of that but joe's point was if if those ships are vulnerable to high winds and there were high winds, who let them in? Now, I don't know if this, they said it was like a sudden gust of wind, which may be the answer to that. I am pretty confident that weather manipulation is such that they can mess with it if this was like that level of a psyop. I also remember as the coming from a long line of truckers that when your trailer is empty, you can absolutely be uh, skittered back and forth across the highway, not if they're full. And I do believe this, these things were full. I don't know. Like you can't tell how far it was setting in the water when this happened. I guess it's so tall, so top heavy. Maybe it makes it even more vulnerable. I really don't know. But if you have any questions about it, you are a cutard. Because the only people who are questioning the Suez Canal story are QAnon, who thinks that all those trailers are full of alive children. Yeah, and it's connected to Hillary Clinton and the pedophile <laughs> rings, which they always take this back to. I, the, I've i seen this story, and the only place I've seen people saying this claim are the fact checkers who are claiming that other people are making this claim. I've seen this claim nowhere else except from these fact checkers who then debunk this straw man argument that they're creating. Everything. They do this all the time with this Q thing. That stuff, though, these stories do get pushed through the Q drops though sometimes like sometimes they do problem yeah like other some times those... it's oh, one yeah, it's random person with eight right. followers on twitter that becomes the basis of 18 fact checks on the left and they're all citing <laughs> this person who they just found. let's go all you got to do you can type in the craziest thing you want on twitter and you will get a list of things that show up from uh twitter yeah. egg accounts that have no yes. followers and then you can base an entire national story on that and that's what they're doing half the time it is funny every if you don't look if you're getting trolled by somebody you have a lot of followers like we do you like don't always like go ahead and click through and look at who this person is so many times it's somebody with like zero followers whose entire twitter feed is saying mean things to people yeah, yeah you know like the entire thing and like what is that a real person or is that you know like it's are there weird. really it's, people yeah. it might be a lot of so. strange things on the internet and social media there are. So let's uh, let's hit a little COVID stuff. Let me. Should I tell It'll people? It would be 2021 if we didn't. 
2023. <laughs> I guess the new one is coming out in 23 or whatever. Yeah, just right. like they've got new the pandemics. Queuing. So I would like to talk about a survey that Terry put in the press pool on the properport.com. It's a nurse's survey. It is actually put it up here because it was so interesting. So I'm going to pull it up. We can put it in the show notes. It's from nursing world. I'm waiting for it to get taken down or change, but uh, there were just a, actually, if you put it in the snow notes, the snow hosts, the show notes, the snow which hose? are the I'll show put it in the snow hose. Ho. <laughs> I am not the show ho. The properport.com, you put the show notes when you post the podcast on our website. Is that correct? Yes. Do you also put it in the Patreon post? No. Right. Okay. So I'm just saying if people want the show notes, just go to the properport.com and the show notes are there. So this will be in that. Just a few highlights from this nurse's survey. They had, uh, um, it says, here's just a few answers to the questions. Do are these are all nurses. How confident are you in the vaccine development process? Only 14% were very confident. 40% were not confident. And 47% were somewhat confident. Uh, do you think, how confident are you that the vac- COVID vaccine will be safe and effective? 37% were not confident. Uh, how knowledgeable are you? 30% said not knowledgeable. And it said, would you voluntarily uh, vaccinate yourself if you were not required to do so? Only 34% said yes. The rest were no or maybe. They almost overwhelmingly, 84% say that their number one concern is that it was developed too quickly. And 79% say healthcare workers have not received enough information. It says, how comfortable are you talking to patients about vaccinations unrelated to COVID? 66% are comfortable talking about vaccinations related to COVID, only 18%. And then here I found this, this is the last thing I'll tell you. I found it very, very interesting. It said, have you been exposed to COVID? And it says, uh, 65% say they were exposed. 12% are not sure. So 77% of respondents were definitely exposed or maybe exposed. And of that, of that, those people, so 77% were exposed or maybe exposed. How many do you think actually got it? Zero. 5%. Not many. I mean, that does not demonstrate the infection. Did you see the headline today about the Pfizer saying that its COVID vaccine is 100% effective in children ages 12 to 15? 100% effective, really? So is nothing. Yeah, right. Exactly. So 12 to 15, and they're not going to get it. Don't they not get it? Yeah, pretty much. It, they it just, don't the, get the, it. To claim 100% effectiveness is a little, a little what, North what Korean propaganda That they me. don't get it or they don't die from that's, it. That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know what their, their measure for that is. I, a lot of the stuff I've read about these vaccines is they're not even supposed to not give it to you or let you not spread it. You're just less likely to die from it 
supposedly. Yeah. Uh, also, they say none of the participants yeah. who received the real vaccine developed COVID-19 These among 12 to 15 year olds. And how many of the saline developed it? I don't Is know. Is it in there? Mm-mm. <laughs> it's probably all of the them. Maybe I don't know. It's really. buried in there somewhere. So uh, one side effect that I personally am aware of it, that's um, also been being documented is that you some people develop tinnitus after getting the vaccine. So you might want to investigate that as a side effect. They call it rare, but it's definitely clear and then there was uh, what seemed like and i never even heard of this one before a virginia man's skin peeled off in a rare reaction to the j and j vaccine so that will also be in oh my the gosh. show notes is there a photo it's really horrible the photo's horrible does it look like third degree burns yes exactly that's exactly what it looks like wow it's horrifying yes it was awful so before we get to the last big story of the free 30, which Binkley, I'm very excited for, you are going to tell us the first rule of terrorist recruitment, not because you want people to do it. This is, <laughs> I believe this is a U.S. government contractor making these, outlining this stuff. It's not like yeah. you're getting it from an ISIS handbook, right? Like, let's just lay yeah. it out there. We're not encouraging terrorism, but I am curious to know why that's even in literature being financed by the u.s government uh and in the patron 15 we have more of those kind of deeper stories as well as lighter stuff so it's a fun combination a little uh more a little more dimensionality so i would like to answer the question which i'm going to ask you who is more likely to throw a bicycle at you a masker or an anti-masker i'll give you that answer and Andrew Cuomo takes a page from the Bill Cosby playbook. Could that be true? Let's find out about that. And of course, big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. The Rye Guys have sponsored another show. They are really stepping up. We love them. They do it out of the goodness of their hearts. They love our show. They want to sponsor us and support us. And we hope that you feel the same way about them. The very least, go check out their website. Maybe they get a couple of extra hits on the days that they sponsor us. And if you choose to buy something, I've got bumper stickers, T-shirts, very fun stuff there. And lots and lots of chuckles. Use the promotion code PROP10. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So, stop by today at www.ryguys.com That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S dot com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's shit. Yes, remember the promo code is PROP10. 
And if you want to support us, we would love it if you supported our sponsors, but also support us. And you will get, just like with supporting our sponsors, you get a lot of bang for the buck. And this week is a first Friday disappearing patron party. So if you haven't been a patron, uh, haven't joined Patreon for us in the past, this would be the week because for patrons of the truth, friends of the show and patron saints. So any premium tier on Patreon, you will be invited to this Friday's cocktail party. And just every, the people who go, we uh, almost, if you actually look at how many people show up, it's almost everyone who's invited tends to show up. They don't, you don't have to stay for the whole time. It's a couple of hours. People come and go, but it's always fun. Brad and I are on the, you know, we're in the video live stream sharing a cocktail and y'all are in the chat, but it's really com- comradely, whatever. There's a lot of camaraderie. There's yeah. a lot of laughter. There's, I mean, it is definitely the white pill in that we're just having fun. We're hopeful. We're connecting in our shared kind of perspective on the world. Not a lot of politics, but you get to say your two cents. We push, pull the comments up onto the, screen to have some conversation starters. It's very fun. But if you join today as a patron of the truth for less than the cost of one of my cocktails, I can assure you, then you also get all of our patron only content, all of it. So try it just for one month. And if you love it, stick around. We do not have a lot of churn. People tend to love it. So patreon.com slash propaganda report, go for a patron of the truth level. And then if you love the DPP, you can go for a higher level to get invited to more. So thank you very much for that. And if you do that, you will not hear these promotions anymore, although I'm sure they are fun to listen to. Uh, you might want to replace them with an extra 15 minutes of content every day. So with that, on with the show. All right. So we talked yesterday a little bit about this narrative warfare, the use of narrative and psychological warfare, because I've been deconstructing some clips we've been deconstructing them and i'm reading some of her training material dr ajit man she's an internationally recognized security and defense analyst and narrative strategist works at a think tank with the homeland security she's a high level psychological warfare operator and today i want to tell you about her approach to recruiting to recruitment for terrorism so how terrorists target the people and they rope people into their organizations i think it's relevant right now because of the domestic terrorism conversations that we've been having around the country to give you a short little background about how she thinks about narrative one of the opening statements in her book is that the currency of narratives is not truth it's meaning is not truth it's meaning and wow that so reflects what i actually i'm taking credit for it i coined facts are facts but truth right. is truth way back when those starbucks guys those toughs were like i was so hurt yeah 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 <laughs> but anyway he said Absolutely. right is right rules are rules but right is right i'm like i know where this is going facts are facts but truth is truth that's a perfect example of the the type of work she does as well. She also says that narratives are never neutral. They're never innocent. They are always strategic. So something to keep in mind when you see the competing narratives in the news. So here's how she her 
her angle towards terrorist recruitment goes. There's four aspects of it. Today, we're just going to go through the first one, which is the structure of the narrative they're delivering to the target audience that they want to radicalize. And it works like this. To manipulate these groups of people, these recruitment narratives are described in linear fashion. And it starts off with an idealized utopia. So you give them the utopia you want them to one day hope to live, the visionary story. And then after that, it moves to a conflicted middle, which is the current state of affairs that they're in. And this current state of affairs, which is dealing with conflict, it encourages this audience to situate themselves with one side or the other, which is situating themselves in the mind of that audience with the good guys as the victims. So here's your utopia. But you're in this conflicted situation right now. So we're going to tell you this story that causes you to identify with the good guys who are also the victims. So it creates these victim groups. And she talks a lot about creating victim groups. And then after you give them that story that helps them identify with good guys as victims, you conclude by compelling the audience to take action that's consistent with the projected visionary future that you started them off with. It's very simple. Here's what you want. Here's the future you want. But right now you're in this deep, deep conflict. But you, if you identify with these victims, you're going to overcome and achieve by taking the actions that we tell you. Does she explain why she's telling us this? In the book, she talks about how this is meant for people who work in this field to understand better how it works. She thinks that psychological warfare, which she says that we're always living in and surrounded with, can be better approached using her strategies. And she says it's for anybody who's interested in this topic, which is probably not too many people outside of the military. There's a couple other aspects. Oh, go ahead. Do you think she's suggesting that that she's putting this information out there for you to observe how it happens elsewhere or for us to use it to overthrow undesirable regimes in other countries, because those are the both. only two justifications she could possibly have. It's I think she's doing it because some people need to know how to do it to us or well, to do it in other countries, regardless of whether the regime is good or bad, as long as it does not, it doesn't do what she wants them to do or whoever on, she's on getting the- paid by. On the cover or the front page of her website, it talks, it says that they, they specialize in undermining narratives of the adversaries in other countries and creating unifying narratives to target audiences that they're hoping to bring together. But in the book, she does the standard, well, since the CIA and FBI can't target their own countries with propaganda, we, we figure we are not immune to it from foreign countries, so we need to show you how it works with them and how we can use it against them. Oh, oh that's so interesting. Yeah, that, I mean, I'll have to think a little more about it, but it, it has to have some element of that. The reason they keep talking about foreign interference in our elections, I bet, plays into those little niceties. Totally plays into it there. So I think this might blow your mind a little bit, like we ended yesterday with that. So to accomplish this goal of this linear narrative where the ideal, the conflict, and this is how you do it, what she suggests you doing is this is done by alternatively including and excluding information assigning moral responsibility to various actors and even non-actors and implying there is cause and effect where there may be no cause and effect. 
So exploiting the logical fallacy, which she says, she says that she really emphasizes this is, I don't know why I think this is funny. It's just funny how open they are, how openly they talk about this stuff. But she emphasizes that the meaning of what happened. So that interpretation that we take away from these events can be manipulated best by using the post hoc ergo propter hoc logical fallacy which is the fallacy that says oh, after, after this I therefore this. because of this yes yeah. well you know i didn't know what it was so other people but you might gotta not. give yeah. me a chance to you know I'm, okay what, what is it again <laughs> it means just because it happened after it didn't necessarily happen because that's the fallacy right. well it's yeah, not causal the- yeah, it's, yeah. it's the causal. fallacy where the brain says, well, that happened after, therefore it happened because of. And she talks about that a lot in this book. Just exploit the hell out of that. Really? She says it's where narrative derives its power. Well, there is certainly a lot of fallacy in the stuff that we're in the propaganda of today. Yeah. Can I tell you one more piece of time? Yes. I'm excited to tell you. You don't really one. have time, but go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not excited because I like it. I'm excited because she's so open about she revealing her methods to people. People who have been victimized, this is her, her philosophy, are particularly vulnerable to manipulative narratives that can encourage them to justify violence as a retaliatory action. We've been calling, we've been pointing this out for a long time, targeting victims, targeting people, people who have been victimized in real life. You can exploit that victimization and then compel them to take violent action based on it using these victim narratives that she's creating. I mean, this is what they do because they feel oppressed. They feel and you tell them Look really? at what they've done to you. People who've been victimized are the most vulnerable to these manipulation, the manipulative narratives. So that do they encourage victimize them. them on purpose? Yes, absolutely. You could, she creates victim classes or she exploits victim classes that already exist. And using that feeling of oppression can use that a feeling to compel them to take not just action, but violent action. Yeah, so that's could, the group you so target that, if you want violent action. That goes right to one of the many, many reasons they put that election fraud thing in our faces this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and they are saying whether they actually they actually had a hard time getting people to get violent over it, but they just made it up because they know that's plausible. That is a connective kind of thing. I just think it's really it's eye opening to hear from somebody who works in that space that they actively seek to create these victim these victim groups and then they actively seek to compel them to take violent acts when it you know benefits them. I mean that it's to hear that we tell people that they say you're crazy, but to hear it from the horse's mouth, I think is eye opening. It is eye opening, and uh, we have more eye opening stories in the Patron Fifteen. And I do have a couple of shout outs and some information. I want to remind people we have two meetups coming up. One is in Atlanta, April eighteenth, two p.m. at Neighbors. I will be there. Binkley will be there. Hopefully, Garland will be there, and a lot of the gang. Also, I'm going to meet up with a few people. It's going to be a very intimate affair. Just a table at a bar, probably April twenty third, when I'm visiting my mom. In New York So if you can get to Rockland County The evening of Friday April 23rd I will figure out A place for us to go Just need a little bit Of a head count So I know how many chairs To get that 
you can give me a show of interest at thepropreport.com. Go to the meetups tab. Go to the New York one and just put a comment in there and I will get back to you within 24 hours. And if I get a good head count, I can pick a place. Also, it is the first Friday DPP this week. So if you are a patron of the truth, a friend of the show or a patron saint, look out for that link during the day on Friday and meet up with Binkley and me for a couple of hours, some couple of drinks, lots and lots of fun. Of course, most people listening uh, or many people listening will have experienced the fun of a first Friday DPP. And we have a few new patrons, Jacob, Nancy, Catherine. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for joining. We will see you all at the DPP on Friday. I'll send you a link, even if you're, I don't know what tier you are, but I'll send you all a link. And UKJJ, one of our original patron saints, has a shout out for today. I love UKJJ. I had a private, like him and his wife and me had a meetup last time I was in England. Says, uh, my message to the remnant all my life as one door closed, another one opened, always eventually leading to greener pastures. For years, I've been saying that it has to get worse before it gets better. And it has gotten worse beyond my imaginings. Even though we probably have a difficult trial ahead of us, I'm still confident that this is a journey to a better world. Hopefully you will all be filled with the same optimism. So don't trust the plan but trust the forces of good are on our side that's a message that you have to love binkley that's a great message it is a great message i'm always amazed jj is really optimistic even and in my like most cynical black pill moments jj will reach across the pond and give me a nice podcast with an uplifting message words yeah. of encouragement he's given us a lot of support over the years so this is the uh, a, a long standing member of our growing and supportive community so yeah, thank it's a great you. message i love the thank positivity you so much. love it okay so on with the patron 15 all right. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content we were telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or go to rockfan.com slash propaganda report and join there. We will talk to you guys in the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day.